0: So, I, I'm so excited to talk to you guys this morning. Are you guys ready? We um, the sermon's called "Able to See," and, and one of the things that that Jesus talked about was he'd often say, "Those who have ears, let them hear; those who have eyes, let them see." And it, it's funny, you know, as a, as a Christian, it's so easy to say, "Well, I'm a Christian, therefore I have eyes to see," or "I'm a Christian, therefore I have ears to hear." Thank you, Matt. but Jesus had a lot to say about it. I just want to share something with you guys. How many of you guys realize that Jesus, how can I put this? That one of the ways that Jesus loves us is to discipline us. And so his love is actually part of his love is discipline. So he's going to have some hard things to tell us. And in our alone time with him or in our quiet time, at some point, there probably is something hard that you need to hear. And he wants to share that with you. I want to try to get this story out. So the other day, um, I haven't really been talking to to many people about this because uh, I'm a coward and I don't want people to know about it, just in case I want to back out of it. And um, so I've I've been pursuing my doctorate. I've been pursuing it for about a year and a half and doing these studies. Now, before I tell you that, I want everybody to know that I graduated in the bottom 20% of my class. Uh, I was 185 out of like 215. And yeah, come on. (laughs) It could have been worse. I could have been 186. And, And if you're in the room and you're that guy, my apologies. And... You know, um, I, I grew up in the 80s, and in the 80s, they would write S, satisfactory, and N on your report card, and then they'd write O for outstanding. I never saw an O uh, growing up, ever. And it's, it's one of those things, like, for, for me, it's easy for me, like, if, if this is intelligent and this is idiot, it's easier for me to lean towards the idiot side because then I don't challenge myself, and I get to stay safe, Right? And the things that that people have said, I've turned in papers, guys. Like when I got to college and to to turn in my first real paper, it said this. It said, you need to take an elementary English class. That's what the top of the paper said. And I was like, oh, okay. Good to know. I have to pay somebody to write these papers. So anyway, I, I, I say all that to you because like, believe it or not, there's some insecurity that I have around that. And so in the midst of my, my insecurity and in, in, in the midst of that, I'm, I'm doing something really hard and I'm pursuing this. I can't believe I have any kind of degree, but I'm pursuing one of the highest degrees out there. And it's not because I think that I'm smart. It's because I believe that God challenges us. And, but anyway, forget all that. I was getting ready to drop out about a week ago. And in that in this class, you have to do a master's assessment and you have to present your findings to a bunch of professors. And I was like, in my mind, I was like, they're going to just laugh me out of the room because I I don't, I don't see myself this way. I don't think this way. I I just don't think this is going to go well. I I need to drop out. I really need to drop out. So I was getting ready to just kind of call my mentors and and tell them my plans of dropping out. And I called my one friend um, who's also in the program. And this is what he said to me. He said, he goes, you're one of the most intelligent people I know. And I was like, huh. <laughs> I was like, man, this guy does not get out. <laughs> and, and he goes, and man, your findings are just awesome. And I cannot wait for your mentors to hear what you have to say. And he's just, bah, 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 bah. and he's going on and on. And, and, and in, in my past history, I tend not to like encouragement because I never want to become dependent on it. I'm not saying that's right. But what I'm saying is, is when people start to encourage me, I usually stick an arm up and just say, no, thank you. Because I I don't, I don't, I, I didn't have a lot of that growing up and I don't want to start my need for it now. Right. That's, this is just kind of, you know, I'm not saying that's right. I'm just saying that's where I tend to lean. And he's encouraging me and doing all this stuff. And I get off the phone with him and I heard the Lord say this, let me, read to you what I heard him say. The reason you don't need encouragement is because you're not doing things that require courage. That's what he told me. And I was like, nice burn. (laughs) Um, and, and, And it's almost like I was built up to receive a disciplinary word from the Lord and the Lord has disciplined me, and man, He's got some really sharp one-liners. And and after that, I was like, okay, well, regardless of what happens, I don't want to stand before you one day and have you say, "Hey, I, what happened there? Why'd you drop out?" You know. And uh, so I I I'm I'm not dropping out as of right now, but you know, <laughs> we'll we'll see how it goes. Hey, he's not dropping out. It's so funny. you guys crack me up. But anyway, um, I, I used to think that like when the Bible talked about how we have a log in our eye, right? I always thought it was like, mostly that log kind of makes us not be able to see the problems that are in our life that everybody else can see. But what I've, what I've slowly learned to realize is that the log that is in our, in our own eye causes us not to be able to see our current results well, or our current effort well. And I'm going to explain that to you a little bit. How many of you guys have ever heard anybody talk about your potential, right? Like that's, that's one thing. And that's a little bit like worldly. I'm not talking about like a motivational speech that gets you pumped up about your potential. Let me tell you what you are apart from Christ, probably a train wreck. Okay. But with Christ, how many of you guys know that all things are possible to those who believe? And so there's a difference between you and you and Christ. You and Christ can actually do a lot. Just you, when it's just you, this is what you have. You have uh, the pride of this life, the lust of the eyes and the lust of the flesh. That's kind of you apart from him. So how many of you guys know that you really want him involved in your life? Like you really want to hear what it is that he's saying. You really want to see what it is that he's doing and you really want to experience him in your life because if you don't, you're going to be left undisciplined. A lack of discipline is, is one of the core reasons of all the trouble in this world. Have you guys ever met somebody who lacked discipline in their life? It's, 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 a, it's a real mess. But how many of you guys know that one of the roles of the Holy Spirit is to actually discipline you? To tell you hard things so that you can become who you're meant to be with him. One of the things that I'm, that I'm finding in, in my research is that, that people are often blind to their own condition, their own results, and their own effort. And I found that some of the most confident people have some of the worst results. I want to say that again. Some of the most confident people have some of the worst results. And so that... that for us that are in this room, I and mean, you hear me say that, and you're like, well, how does, that, how does that impact me? What I'm saying is this. Do you even know the results you should be getting in your life? And if you're saying, yeah, I'm currently in them, I'm pretty sure you're falling short of what Christ intended. I I would put it forth like this, that the longer you're a Christian and the more that you're with him, the more you should be able to see what's actually possible with your life. But I'm telling you from personal experience, it's easy to kind of just lean towards, well, I'm not that big a deal. I don't really have what it takes and actually lean in that direction so you don't challenge yourself. And if you don't challenge yourself, you'll never find out what you and him can do. And the more that your life is dependent upon you, the less you're actually going to need him and the less you'll probably be with him. Is that okay to say? If what you're doing currently, you only need you to do it, and you don't need him, that's actually gonna cause you to be less dependent upon him. So if you're not stretching yourself, if you're not stepping into something that actually makes you scared, if you're actually in a place where you don't need to be encouraged, it might be because what you're doing doesn't require any, and that you can actually do it in your own strength. There's a place in in Revelation 3 I want to read to you. It says this, and this this is Jesus. He's bringing his discipline to the churches in Revelation. And he says this. He says, the one who has an ear, let him hear what the spirit says to the churches. So what's he saying? Right off the bat, he says, I understand that I'm going to announce a bunch of stuff to you. And some of this is going to deal with you directly. And I'm specifically talking to you, but you're still not going to hear it. You're going to be sitting in the chair, nudging your partner saying, I wish my spouse was here to, see, to hear what this is saying. Cause this deals with her. And he's like, no, like how many of you guys understand that having an ear to hear actually involves you believing that there's room for you to still grow. Amen. Which means this is that the Holy Spirit is interested in your growth today. And he has something that he wants to tell you, but anybody at any point can check out. It's so easy to do. To the angel in the church in Laodicea, write the amen, the faithful and true witness. The origin of creation of God says this. How's that for an introduction? I know your deeds that you are neither hot nor cold. I wish that you were cold or hot. So because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Heaven sees correctly, perspective wise. And he's about to tell you what heaven sees. And then he's also going to announce what they see. Because you say, I am rich. It was a wealthy city and I have become wealthy and have no need of anything. And you do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked they're experiencing good circumstances and because of the good circumstances and because they have plenty and because they have all this stuff, they feel like they're good to go. But Jesus is saying here from heaven's perspective, you don't have any clothes on, you're blind and you're sick, but you don't see it because of the log that's in their eye. But he says this, I advise you to buy from me gold refined by fire so that you may become rich and white garments so that you may clothe yourself and the shame of your nakedness will be, not be revealed and eye salve to apply to your eyes that you may see. How many of you would like some eye salve this morning so that you'd be able to see? And it's like, well, that'd be great if he just explains it. He does in the next verse. Those whom I love I rebuke and discipline, therefore be zealous and repent. He's letting you know this. There's a portion of his love that can only be experienced in the form of discipline. Therefore, if you never hear his discipline, you're missing out on a big chunk of his love. But this is the next part. Listen to this behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and will dine with him and he with me. They're going to fellowship. What's he going to do in, that, in the midst of that fellowship? Rebuke and discipline. But you have to, you have to open the door. Well, how do you open the door? You have to at least begin to tease with the idea that he actually has something to tell you that's corrective in nature. And if you'll begin to to see yourself this way, So, so you could read this and say, well, I've already opened the door to Jesus Christ. I'm a Christian for crying out loud. That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about you, understanding your need to become more like him. And he actually has real things that he wants to tell you that directly involve you in the form of discipline. He has corrective things that he wants to tell you that will literally alter the course of your life. Isn't that amazing? I remember I've told this story tons of times, but I remember one time I was feeling sorry for myself because I lost my brother at a young age and I was feeling bad and I was feeling sorry. And the Holy Spirit came and This is what he told me. He said, it had been four years. I was 20 years old. I lost my brother when I was 16. And he came and said this, you got to be an older, a, a younger brother for 16 years. And you never thanked me. You keep telling me about what was taken. Meanwhile, you were given something. Now give me praise ah, right? (laughs) Come on, boom, delivered. Instantly delivered of oppression. Why? Because I got to be something. And the devil kept telling me what was taken. Meanwhile, I was given 16 years. I know what it means to be a younger brother. I know what it means to look up to your older brother. I understand the fun of having a sibling. But I was too busy telling him about what was taken to actually give him glory for what was given. but I opened the door that day because he wanted to come in and dine with me because he had something to tell me. But some people don't answer the door. He finishes Revelation 3.22 by saying this, the one who has an ear, let him hear what the spirit says to the churches. You know, there's this, this, this place in Malachi. And I'll just tell you what was going on. There were these priests and these priests were cursed and they didn't know they were cursed, but the results they had, and that's what I'm saying, like, are we supposed to be blessed? That's not a trick question. Are we supposed to be blessed? Okay. If, if, if you feel like you're not blessed in an area of your life, this is, this is how you get ears to hear and eyes to see. Are you guys Ready? Instead of saying, well, I guess this is how Christianity is. (laughs) You decide that, wait a second. He has plans to prosper me, not to harm me. I'm not inside of his plans. What's going on here? I bet you the problems on my end, not his end. I'm going to read this book and see these if then statements. I'm going to make sure I'm doing the if. So then I can make sure I'm doing the vent so that the then would come. Now, here's what the priests were doing. The priests were in charge of the sacrifices. And and it's like, it just didn't felt like it mattered. It didn't feel like the, the, the offerings mattered anymore. And they were just kind of taking any old offering that was coming in. So you're going to burn the animal up anyway. Who cares if it's blind or lame or sick? right? So they're in the old Testament, the the Persian government's over them and they have governors and they don't even have their own land anymore. What's the point? Who cares? Just bring me the animal. We'll sack. We'll just keep going through the motions. And the Bible says that Jesus was not pleased. God was not pleased with them because of what they were bringing. And he was really mad with the priests for accepting it. And he says, and because of this, you are cursed with a curse. And you said, how are we cursed? And that's the problem. They didn't even see that they were cursed. They were unaware of their own results that they were getting in their life. There's another place in Haggai where, you know, they had just come back, they were deported, they came back into Israel, and they're there, and they're building up their houses. They're not building the temple of the Lord. And from heaven's perspective, perspective, it was so unpleasing to him that they had not tried to get the temple back up, but they were so concerned with their own houses. And he says this, he says, you are cursed. There's holes in your, like you don't even realize that you're not blessed. Anything that I have is because I've, I've read this and I'm not afraid to look and say, what's wrong up here? that this isn't happening. Holy spirit, would you come and discipline me? Would you come and say something hard to me so that I could change? Cause I'd rather be walking in your plans than comfortable in mine. And if, if you could just understand that this morning, or at least have ears to hear that this morning, there's this, this place in, in Matthew. Matthew. Well, I'll talk about John first. In in John, I believe it might be chapter nine. There's a blind man. He heals the blind man. And he talks about how I've come to heal the blind of this world. And the Pharisees over here and they say, are we blind too? Those who were with him from the Pharisees heard these things and said to him, we are not blind too, are we? And then the verse continues. And Jesus said to them, if you were blind, you would have no sin. But now that you maintain, we see your sin remains. This is the most frustrating thing. Like I experience it with my kids. It's very frustrating when I experience it with myself. When someone needs help and they can't admit they need help, they'll never be helped. You've never met somebody who needed more help than I do. I need help. And I've come to the conclusion that apart from him, I am blind and can't hear. Apart from him, I don't have anything to say. Like if, I might be a little bit funny, but apart from that, like I, I wouldn't have any wisdom to share apart from him. Because it's not, there's, I know this is a guitar, but I just want to, I just want to just use it for a moment. That having eyes to see and ears to hear is not a spiritual maturity issue. It's something that you go and get from him so that you can have it. But just because I have it today doesn't mean that I'll have it tomorrow. And so then I wake up and I understand that I'm blind and deaf apart from him. So I go to him and I ask for eyes to see and ears to hear. And then I receive those things and I ask him, Lord, is there anything hard that you need to tell me? Would you come and fellowship with me and, and, and say the things that are hard because I realize that when I hear hard things, you actually love me and discipline me. And then I get eyes, eyes to see and ears to hear. And then I wake up the next morning, I realize my own blindness and my own deafness. So I go to him and I say, would you please give me eyes to see and ears to hear? But this isn't something that you receive in maturity. It's something that you see because you see your own need for it. Raise your hand if you understand what I'm saying. So if you don't go to him, then you don't get to have it. Say, well, I know what the Bible says. Well, congratulations. So did the Pharisees. And the the, the Savior was right in front of them. They couldn't see him. They could not see the Messiah, the one that they were supposed to usher in for the people was standing in front of them. They were so blind that they couldn't see. So this is the last verse that I want to tell you. And and this, if you would allow it. Do you know what I really hope? This is my desire. Is that after you hear this today, that some of you would cross over a line and say, I understand and see my need for him so much so that I'm never, ever going to miss another appointment with him in the AM ever again. I'm always going to go to him because I see my need for him. And apart from him, I can do nothing. And apart from him, I can't be like him. And apart from him, I can't even love my spouse well. And apart from him, I can't raise my kids. And apart from him, I, I know life apart from him. And it's, it's a train wreck to the 10th power, right? So in the book of Matthew, there, there was a way that the Hebrews wrote and the way that they would write is, it was called a chiasm, they'd write, write in a structured formula. So they'd often write things like A, B, C, D, C, B, A, like that. So the the introduction and the outro were kind of similar and there were just similar patterns and similar words they would use. But anyway, everything was building to the middle of the section. Okay. And in the middle of Matthew, you come across Matthew 13 and there's a whole bunch of teachings right in the middle of Matthew. And so when a Hebrew would be reading this, they'd understand what Matthew was trying to say and what the emphasis of the book actually was. It starts off to this. It says in Matthew 10, and the disciples came up and said to him, why do you speak to them in parables? So Jesus was talking to a large crowd and he was speaking to them in parables and he leaves the large crowds. And I don't know if this is the 70, the 120 or the twelve. But he's now with his disciples. And, I, and this is what I understood about Jesus, because he has a lot of interaction with individuals, is that everybody had the opportunity to follow Jesus. But only so many chose to actually follow him. But a lot of people chose to show up to hear what it is that he said. But what he was saying was in the form of a parable. And they would decide what the parable meant. And they'd walk away. And I bet you what they decided the parable meant wasn't a form of Discipline. I bet you what they they decided the parable meant was that it kept them comfortable and safe and they were okay just the way they were. But so-and-so who's my neighbor should have heard that parable. Because that's what people do with messages is it's always for the neighbor or whoever. But he gets done and, and, and he was specifically talking about the parable of the sower and it's like, and there's the, the, the beaten ground and there's the, the shallow roots and the rocky soil. And, and then there's the, this, this other thing, the weeds that get choked out. And then there's this, this stuff that's thirty, sixty, 60, 100 fold. And I'm telling you right now, the crowd saw themselves as thirty, sixty, 60, 100 fold kind of people. Right? And they heard that part and they said, bingo, know who I am in the story. And they walked away and felt justified in the parable. But then there are these followers of Jesus that don't come to quick conclusions about who they are, but are able to be corrected. And this is what they did. And the disciples came up and said to him, why do you speak to them in parables? They come with questions, not answers. And that's a really good thing. Sometimes people don't hear from the Holy Spirit because they come with answers instead of questions. Listen to this. And Jesus answered them to you, it has been granted to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them, it has not been granted. Does, is God playing favorites for whoever has to him more shall be given and he will have an abundance, but whoever does not have even what he has shall be taken away from him. Therefore, I speak to them in parables because while they're seeing, they do not see. And while hearing, they do not hear nor do they understand. Now I didn't do this, but if I was to ask you, why did Jesus speak in parables? Everybody always says, so that people could understand. (laughs) He says, so they wouldn't understand. So what does he do? He leaves people to their own conclusions. Just like when you ask people, what's the rock that the the wise builder built his house on? Everybody goes, Jesus. Jesus. It's not. Look it up. You guys don't sound like that. (laughs) Gosh. If I had a twin, we'd be having a great time. And in their case, the prophet Isaiah is being fulfilled, which says, you shall keep on listening, but shall not understand. And you shall keep on looking, but you shall not perceive for the heart of this people has become dull. Everybody say dull. Dull. Let me ask you a question. Is it possible that my heart and your heart has become dull? Is that a possibility? Yes. Yes. It's a huge possibility. the fact that you'd be able to see yourself as part of the crowd and not part of the disciples opens you up to being disciplined. The fact that you might say, maybe my heart has grown dull. The fact that you'd even be open to that allows you to be disciplined. But blessed are your eyes because they see and your ears because they hear. For truly I say to you that many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see and do not see it and to hear what you hear and do not hear it. Listen then to the parable of the sower. So they get to hear what the parable is about because they decided to be with Jesus. Because they're with Jesus, they get to hear the answer. But there was a huge crowd that went and heard Jesus, but walked away not knowing what the parable meant. How do you get to hear Jesus? You need to be with Jesus. Not just hearing what Jesus, Jesus has said, but getting alone with him and saying, would you please explain that to me? I've, I've up into this point, have never seen my need for Jesus so much in my life. And I'm becoming more and more convinced, not of my own maturity, but my own need. And the more that I see my own need, I think I'm seeing my own need because I think I'm beginning to to like peer through these little slits of mine called these eyes, these spiritual eyes. And I'm seeing, oh my, apart from him, I really can do nothing. Oh my, he actually is the bread of life. Oh, there actually isn't the fruit of the spirit outside of the spirit. Oh my goodness. This is everything. And I really, really need him. And I really need to be with him. And more than anything, I need to open the door when he knocks so that he would come in and actually discipline me because he disciplines those whom he loves. And I am one sentence away from having my life radically transformed by the Holy Spirit. Anytime the Lord has spoken to me and I have heard, he, it's like getting an arm cut off, baby. It is drastic. And it's absolutely amazing how he wants to shape us and form us and mold us. But if you think that you've already been shaped and formed and molded, and you have no more need for any transformation, congratulations, your heart has become dull and you do not have eyes to see or ears to hear anymore. And because of that, you will not go to him. You'll be like the crowd and you'll walk away with your own conclusions. Instead of actually having the humility to come to him and say, would you please explain that to me? And I'm not saying this to you. I, need to hear it again. I got to hear it twice today. So would you please stand? There's, um, I just like felt this in my heart that there's that there's not just a person, but there's people in the room that are dissatisfied with your life. And one of the reasons why you're dissatisfied in your life is because you keep on doing what you're able to do in your own strength. And you're not challenged. And then you wonder why you're bored. You're so bored because what you're trying to do doesn't require him. So Father, I just thank you for everybody in this room. I bless every person. I pray, Lord, that we would see our need and see our need to have eyes to see and ears to hear. Lord, I'll be the first to admit that my, my heart can get dull pretty fast. And, and I, I need, I never want to let go of this need I have for you because apart from you, I know that I can do nothing. And this whole life is one big act of worship towards you. And I would love for, for the lives that are in this room to continuously worship you through our daily decisions. And even right now, there, there are some of you in this room that are seeing your own need. And Father, I just, I just praise you and I thank you. Seal it up in their hearts. Let them never miss an appointment with you again. And there are, there are people in this room that have tried and have often like, you know been on fire and praying for a week and then kind of drop off. Hey, there, there's, what if this is the last time you have to learn that lesson? There's always an end to every lesson. And what if you never need to learn that lesson again? Get back to doing it. In Jesus' name, amen. And then bless you guys. Have a great Sunday. We thank you for watching with us. At Praise, our mission is to inspire, challenge, and transform people for generations to come. And we hope today's message can do just that. If you have any questions or would like to learn more about Praise, email us at info at praiseyork.com. If you'd like to support Praise financially, you can visit praiseyork.com slash give. To stay up to date with sermons, events, and changes at Praise, make sure to like our Facebook page and subscribe to our YouTube channel.